Need to get away from the daily grind of fighting Sagoths and Mayhars? Take a cruise on the Laurel Ads, brought to you by the Dolly Dorcas Cruise Line. Your nose was right, Tarzan. Something still smells rotten. Silence! I am John. I will tell you when to speak. Who are you? I'm Tarzan. We mean you no harm. Then why are you here? I'm following a man named Nicholas Rokov. Following? Are you just part of his band? He could cause great damage in my world. A different place than this. Then you admit you are not a Pellucidar. This is Dr. Brooks Agnew, leader of the North Pole Inner Earth Expedition to take place in the summer of 2008, and you're listening to Dateline Jassoon. This is the Gridley Wave Network. Chicago Bureau of the Boston Man Blade. Dateline Jason. The Panthen Press Production. For fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure. Here's your host, Elmo. Welcome to show number 35. I'm not sure what to make of Dr. Brooks Agnew, but he would find kindred spirits in Abner Perry and Jason Gridley, because next year he is going to embark on what he calls a scientific expedition to find the North Polar opening into the inner world. I gave him a call the other day, and here's what he had to say. Dr. Agnew, maybe you can tell me a little bit about the expedition you're planning. Uh, of course. Uh, last year, early in the summer, I joined an expedition to the North Pole region to explore the possibility that the Earth might be hollow. Uh, I was just an expedition member then, uh, and as a sequence of events worked out, the expedition leader died suddenly and quite unexpectedly last August. And uh, they needed a new leader, so they elected me. And in October, I took over as expedition leader and tried to uh, uh, guide what I think is a, a very good scientific expedition to the North Pole regions to take a lot of measurements in areas that seem to be missing data to prove or disprove whether the Earth is hollow. The more I studied about it, the more I learned that this is a very ancient uh, idea, and it spans, oh gosh, 5,000 years, and uh, goes uh, to Tibet and India, and uh, then through our uh, Renaissance science community, even Edmund Halley and uh, Admiral Byrd and others uh, had very uh, strong feelings about it. 
it's kind of uh, looked at as science fiction today, but it's kind of interesting as well that nobody's actually been there. We all uh, make up our ideas and and our extrapolations from current geological data, but the fact that nobody's ever traveled there to this particular region to measure for themselves uh, left the opportunity open to put together an expedition and go and see. So the summer of 2008, myself and 99 others made up of scientists, exopolitical people, uh, other Earth explorers are going to take a Russian icebreaker to a region that's never been visited by civilians before, and we're going to see what we can see. Well, you say no one's ever been there, but many of my listeners have been there through the novels of Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, oh, at the Earth's core. Hey, now, I'm, I'm curious, have you ever read any of the Burroughs novels about the, uh, uh, the world uh, uh, at the Earth's core? Yeah, The Lost World, or it's, uh, it's fascinating. There was even a TV series. Actually, there were two of them done. One in the 50s, and there was another one down in the 90s about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that those are the, the same series. Uh, Burroughs, Burroughs uh, is uh, the creator of Tarzan of the Apes. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe you, you're familiar with that. And, and he actually also wrote a story where, where Tarzan uh, uh, went on an expedition through the North Polar opening uh, to uh, the world uh, within the Earth. And, and, uh, and the inhabitants there call it Pellucidor, and it's in, inhabited by lost civilizations and prehistoric men and monsters and 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 of course uh, as you mentioned uh, 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 these uh, these stories have have been about in in science fiction and and mythology mythology for as you say probably hundreds or thousands of years oh yeah I just got back from uh, Tibet last month and I found hollow earth symbolism all through Tibetan Buddhism and even found a very nice uh, 60-foot-tall, 4,300-pound gold Tesla coil that dates back to the 7th century. So it was a very interesting find, very interesting how ancient peoples have their ideas about um, even dimensional aspects to the planet Earth. Well, if you do on your expedition find a polar opening, I mean, do you is your intention to venture in or or what what exactly would happen? Well, we actually set the parameters of the expedition to not go into the opening. If we and I just tell people, you know, when you pray for rain, you better take an umbrella. So, we're going prepared to take 3,000 hours of film, both visible and IR uh, frequency ranges, as well as uh, as many thousands of digital photographs as it takes, as well as science equipment. So if there is any kind of magnetic anomaly or a sea opening or a uh, aurora borealis source coming from the core of the Earth, we're going to be able to detect it. And if we do find an opening, the idea is to park the ship by that opening and wait just to see what happens, and we'll film any kind of activity that happens. We will be streaming live television from the ship during the entire expedition, as well as shooting film for five documentaries. Hmm. And what do you, do you personally, 
do you personally believe there there is a world within the earth, a, a hollow earth, or are you keeping your mind open a, a, about the possibility? Or have I'm, you seen I'm enough keeping, evidence then? Well, I see enough evidence both ways so far, uh-huh. but all I have is what is has been gathered by textbooks and by the uh, USGS through their uh, system of accelerometers around the, the planet where we take earthquake data and measure the structure of the Earth, sort of like doing a CAT scan of the Earth every time there's a big earthquake. But all of that data still supports the fact that, or the idea that the Earth might be hollow. Personally, I don't have beliefs one way or the other. I'm a scientist. I'm going to be open-minded. I am not going to throw out any data. And uh, my pledge is to try to unite the clans of the, quote, inner Earth community around the world and see if I can conduct a legitimate experiment and try to gather as much data as possible. And if we film something like a big UFO coming up out of the water or an opening in the ocean, then this expedition may become the greatest geological expedition in the history of the world. Mm. Um, in the Burroughs stories, when, when they make their expeditions uh, through the, the polar opening, uh, it's it's really quite a, a dramatic scene as, as they they sort of descend over over the horizon and and see what uh what Burroughs calls the the inner sun uh appear as as our sun disappears over the the horizon um is in you're probably much more familiar with the mythology and uh and in the history of of hollow earth stories than me but is is an inner sun one of the things that that are talked about uh in in your readings yes uh if you look at the way planets form from a large accretion disk, uh, which is a big dust cloud that forms like a giant plate around its center, as the sun uh, begins to, to put off its energy and form a gravitational focus focal point, uh, planets begin to aggregate around it in the orbit. Um, according to uh, astrophysics, uh, conservation of momentum, uh, these planets, as they turn into rocks, will spin faster and faster and faster. And as they spin faster, they sometimes reach a condition called overspin, where a planet can actually throw off a part of it into space. Venus and Mercury are really good examples of that. Uh, Mercury used to be part of Venus. It was thrown off as a moon of Venus, revolved around Venus like our moon does, but it was a little too large for Venus's gravity to hold on to, broke away, and formed its own orbit around the sun. So uh, some planets do that. Other planets just simply expand and slow down. That's what happened to the Earth. The continents that we have on the Earth right now are fit together very nicely and are clear evidence that the Earth was once one-third its present diameter and obviously spun a lot faster than it does now. So as the crust expands, it leaves a gap behind the fact that the Earth has a very powerful magnetosphere is evidence that the core, perhaps a solid glowing metal ball, rotates at a different speed than the crust. That counter-rotation creates a magnetic field, which we call our magnetosphere. Mars, for instance, has no magnetosphere. Its core and crust are rotating at the same speed, and thus the surface of Mars is completely sterilized. If uh, so, if if conditions are um, like that, would you would you theorize that there are people living inside the Earth, or some sort of um, civilizations, or or what? 
Well, it's difficult to say, but one thing would be almost certain. Life would exist in the inner Earth. We see even microbial life and even complex life living in extreme pH, extreme conditions, even all the way down on the bottom of the ocean where there are lava coming through the floor of the ocean. We see microbes and either higher forms of life living in harmony. Hmm. So it is. it would be ludicrous to think that if there's space there and some form of radiation uh, heat in the heat range, even even above uh, absolute zero, there would be life. Uh, whether or not there is humanoid life or even ET life living on the inner Earth, I think uh, the odds are at least 50%. But if there's a void there, uh, it's probably occupied. It it would be fun to think also that there may be some type of, uh, as you say, uh, uh, or mentioned uh, in some of the, the science fiction stories, uh, some sort of lost world or prehistoric life still existing. Well, I mean, the surface of Earth has been full of cataclysmic events. We've obviously had uh, asteroid strikes. We may have had uh, cosmic calamities as we go through the plane of the galaxy every 26,000 years that could have significantly reduced the population of surface dwellers. But on the inside of the Earth, we're not exposed to solar radiation like that. We're not exposed to meteorites or uh, killer microbes that come in on the tail of a comet. We're just not exposed to that. So the the probability of giantism or very long life or lack of extinction of of animals or fish or birds that we have not seen on the surface of our planet for maybe a million years or more is quite likely. In fact, uh, on our website at phoenixsciencefoundation.org, if you go into the uh, expedition sites there, you'll see recent uh, pictures of sharks and fish that have been recovered out of the ocean, ocean alive that have never been seen before, and we have no idea where these species are coming from. It seems to me the temptation would be great if if you do find yourself on the rim of a polar opening, not to uh, not to venture inside. Uh, or, or... Well, on this ship, there's a helicopter, and there's also another smaller boat that can take 36 passengers. And if there is intelligent life there, we intend with all of our intention, everything that we have, to make contact. And if passengers of our group want to get off of our boat onto that craft and go down in, they're perfectly welcome to do that, and we'll catch it on film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you say that your, your plans are to have this expedition ready um, about a year from now, would that be? or Yeah, a year from now, uh, summer of 2008, when I took over, uh, the expedition, I, real, I found out that there was a requirement from the Russian government that all scientific equipment be registered at least 12 months before date of voyage. And that icebreaker only voyages three months out of the year, June, July, and August. The rest of the time, it's in the service of the Russian government. Mm-hmm. So it can only be chartered June, July, and August, which means that this month we will be submitting our list of scientific equipment to the charter company for use next summer. I uh, I know you're a scientist, and this is a scientific expedition, but are you going to be bringing any sort of protection or, or uh, 
weapons of any sort in, in case you just run into something completely unexpected? We're not taking so much as a pocket knife. We're going with the intention that uh, we are we are going to be good ambassadors of the service. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Doctor, it's been fascinating talking to you. Uh, possibly, uh, possibly, I'll, I'll I'll give you a call again, and we can talk as you get closer to the expedition, and uh, and certainly when when you return, I'd like to hear what you find. Sure, absolutely, no problem. Can I make a request? If if you do find if you do find a, a hollow earth, uh, have you given any thought to what it would be named or what you would uh, uh, call it? <laughs> No, I haven't given any thought to that at all. <laughs> well, my, my, my request is for you to christen it uh, Pellucidor, which is what Edgar Rice Burroughs called his world inside the Earth. It shall be done. Really? Now, that's, that's a promise? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's okay. Well, that is significant, and I think all my listeners would certainly be tickled by that. Oh, I absolutely respect origination and... Uh, there's really no finer, more eloquent writer of, of science fiction and really uh, of such stature than Edgar Rice Burroughs and uh, just an outstanding individual, very well respected in his day and beyond. Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks very much, Doctor. I, I'm going to uh, link to your website. You said it was phoenixsciencefoundation.org? .org, right. Okay. Phoenix Science Foundation, all one word, huh? Okay. Thanks very much, Doctor, and good luck. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I think Dr. Agnew got a little confused in there about uh, the lost world and uh, confused maybe uh, uh, Pellucidor with uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, lost world. But that's okay. He uh, sounds very sincere. That's it for show 35. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. It was uh, an interesting conversation, to say the least. Uh, the opening soundbite that I used was from the Epic Adventures TV series, Tarzan. And uh, that was the pilot episode where Tarzan goes to Pellucidor to chase down Nicholas Rokoff. I'll talk to you in two weeks. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off. My request is for you to christen it uh, Pellucidor, which is what Edgar Rice Burroughs called his world inside the Earth. It shall be done. Now feel what it is like to be next to death. It is not new to me. The Mayhars raid and take us constantly. 